Welcome, listeners, to another exciting episode of Retro Life for You. Today, we're diving into a classic that's a true gem to the 80s, a film that's a unique blend of martial arts, music, and urban culture, The Last Dragon. Get ready to journey back to the neon-soaked streets of New York City, where we'll follow the story of Leroy Green, a young martial artist on a quest to achieve the ultimate level of mastery, known simply as The Glow. But it's not just about martial arts, really. The film is a celebration of individuality, self-discovery, and as Leroy finds out himself, the power of believing in oneself. From Bruce Leroy's unforgettable quest to find the master and the enigmatic villain show enough with his larger-than-life personality, to the infectious soundtrack that fuses Motown and 80s pop, The Last Dragon is a cultural time capsule that continues to captivate audiences. In this episode, we'll break down the movie's themes, its impact on pop culture, the legacy it left behind, and why it remains beloved cult classic. We'll discuss the iconic scenes and some memorable quotes. So sit back and relax and get ready to take a trip down memory lane as we explore the world of The Last Dragon. Whether you're a longtime fan or you're discovering it for the first time, there's something magical about this film that keeps us all coming back for more. Let's begin our discussion of The Last Dragon. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Retro Life for you. My name is Chris Adams, host of the show, and alongside me today, as always, Mr. Travis Rollins, who uh, this week has a certain glow about him. I want you to know he's got a glow about him. Glow. Not just any glow, but the glow. The glow. Heck yeah. So to go ahead and put it... To go ahead and put it on out there, we're doing uh, The Last Dragon this week. I've been kind of looking forward to that for a while. Uh, certain movies growing up I really loved a lot, and this is one of them. And uh, it's really Absolutely. cheesy. We've been discussing how cheesy it is, but... Uh, Super man, cheese. It's it's fun to watch. So, uh, But before we get there, man, how's Super things been going? Cheese. How's the week been? Everything's wonderful, man. Uh, we just got done putting my daughter back at school. She just got done moving back into uh, PC for her senior year. We were all like, hey, last year. She said, well, not really. And I was like, yeah, really, but she's going undergrad after this gets done. So, But it's still a big deal. It's funny that we had to convince her that it was. because <laughs> She's like, no, I still got more to go. I was like, yeah, but you're a senior in college. Come on. She might want to go so for a doctorate, man. You know, she won't get the big money. Yeah, I hope. Then uh, mom and daddy can take a break for a while. She can take care of y'all. <laughs> uh, it's been going pretty decent today. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping I can maybe retire at some point. See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But no, it's, it's, it's been pretty decent here today. Not a lot going on. My usual typical day off uh, to start my week or start my days off for the week, I should say. Just getting a little rest in, run a few errands, go out for lunch, little small things, you know. Right on, right on. Did you have a good weekend? Like weather wise, we had a pretty weekend, man. Oh, it's been great here. It's been great for this past week. It's gonna be great this upcoming week. It's just gonna be hot. I mean, I'm talking right. it's like there's two hobbits in my backyard trying to dispose of a ring hot. <laughs> right. That's why we pulled out the projector and watched a couple of great movies this weekend. The neighbor's wife have, has never seen and 
uh, and the kids, none of the kids have ever seen San Andreas with oh, wow. uh, The Rock. So, yeah, that's uh, a good movie. The, heck yeah, man. It was awesome. We put the projector up on the side of the uh, garage over there. And then um, <clears throat> they went out and got one of the great big like PA speaker that, that you can actually use on, st- on the soundstage from Sam's. And we watched the first one with that. So then I went out and got the second one. I got, I got one myself so we could pair them up. And uh, we watched the 300 last night. So good little, good couple of little. You know, I, I don't think I've ever seen the 300, to be honest with you. I know what it is, but oh I've never goodness. seen it. I know, man. It's, I'm behind it's on like some things, I guess. the manliest movie ever made, you know, man. We're always, you know, kind of giving a little tease out to the audience saying that we can't believe how many movies there are people haven't seen that we talk about. And here I am. I have not seen the 300. It's been out for a good while. Yeah. It's been so out would, uh, 2006, I believe it came out. Yeah, like I said, so it was a very good while. San that Andreas, though, three hundred on the tr- on the show, and so, you know what? Two thousand early, you know. So I mean, you never know. Yes, so, sir. Uh, but the the San Andreas, everybody likes a good disaster movie, right? I right. mean, Twister, San Andreas. We got what Armageddon, Deep Impact. Mm-hmm. Two thousand twelve was a good one. Volcano is a great one. I love Volcano. Yep. Um, yep. San but, Andreas uh, falls about five years outside of our timeline. Yeah. Well, that was maybe one, one day, or maybe we'll just have ourselves a separate little podcast of just every kind of movie. I mean, yeah, why not? All the movies. All the movies. All the I good stuff. It. Yeah, this but was one of the ones back too. around to uh, this uh, Last Dragon movie. Oh, yeah. We got... Uh, you know, for the cast, for the mm-hmm. cast, this movie is a kind of, I don't want to say unique, but I mean, the, the guy, the, the lead character, Timac, I think that's mm-hmm. how you pronounce his name, T-A-I-M-A-K. You've not yes. seen him really in anything else except maybe a, a couple of commercials. I mean, he's not a big mainstream actor in any way, not even a B-movie actor. No, not really. Um, what's funny, though, is he's going to be Master Waddell in the Fearless Three Really, uh, I either is coming out or has come out this year. Uh, so he's back out. into it then. Yeah, it's already out. He's uh, he's let's see, let me find the uh, I don't see the release date, but it's out because you can watch it. Well, that's nice. He's getting back into things again. Yeah. So that that actually came out this year. Um, he's actually worked. Um, he's got two. He was Cade Cross and Double Cross. I don't know. Uh, that's a TV series. He was in four seasons of that. Um, it, it looks like it's a lot of uh, fighting type stuff too, though. But uh, yeah, he's actually been in quite a few things. There's one movie where he's actually Captain Timek, <laughs> and they're just yeah. friends. He's he's a, pretty, he's a pretty good martial artist. I'm surprised he didn't land more movies. Right, yeah. Even if it was in the B-movie kind of genre, you know? There's some great B-movie fighters out there. I mean, look at Billy Blanks. Look at Cynthia Rothrock, Richard Norton, Keith Cook. Right, I mean, and Billy so Blanks many. was a... Billy Blanks was, uh, is it four-time or six-time world champion? Three-time I world champion? I believe so. And then, well, I, you know... I saw along with, axe kick somebody in the face and literally, like, cut their face in half. And you can look at Michael Jai White. Uh, Michael Jai White's the real deal. Go back further, back to the the, the Cynthia Rothrock, Richard Norton time frame. Don the Dragon Wilson, who was Absolutely. an actual fighter as well. He did uh, what was it? Not, not Bloodsport, but Blood Fist. 
Yeah. Blood Fist. That, that, that oh, was a pretty you know good what? series. You have another one who's uh, who's the real deal in this movie as well. You got Ernie Reyes Jr. Yes, I was going to bring that up for sure. He was, a, he was the real deal. Yeah, we had a lot of real deal guys back then. Dude, I, I love watching Ernie Reyes Jr. fight. He has got some great moves on him. He's a great fighter. Dude, oh my God. Uh, did you remember him in the rundown? Yes. And you oh know what? God. I'm going to tell you that something. Look, I did not know for the longest that that was him in the rundown. Oh, really? Yeah, because he didn't really look quite the same as how he I remembered him. Jack, dude. He wasn't that, he was. he wasn't that big. He was ripped. I mean, he yeah, had, he's put the on muscles were just popping out on him everywhere. And I'm used to seeing him with different type hair. He's doing more martial arts type yeah. stuff and everything. He knew in um, uh, Ninja Turtles 2. Yeah. I believe he was, well, he was Donatello. He was in the suit in the first one, wasn't he? Or I don't know if it was the first one or if he it was, was something. The, he was Donatello in one of the movies. I can't remember which. I can't either, but I, I know what you're talking about, though. And then, and of course, in The Secret of the Ooze, uh, the second one, uh, when they originally came out with Ninja Turtles, uh, he had that, that role is, would you say his name was Kinu? Kinu, yeah. Yeah. And then that, so he that was in cool. the second one as the pizza guy, right? Yes. Yeah. So in the first movie, he was Donatello. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Okay. Well, and then it the kind of throw a few more names out there. You had Vanity playing the role of Laura Charles, who is this record, not really a record lady. She kind of hosts like a a video show, dance kind of a uh, kind of like compared to Soul Train or something, right? Soul Train yep. or American Bandstand. Yep, that's what I was going to say. And she was actually, didn't she sing in it as well? Or was she just she a producer? No, 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 no. She would, be, she would be on the show. She was the host of the show. She would sing on the show. Uh, yeah, the name of it yeah. was called Seventh Heaven, uh, as far as the name of the show on, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, now she's been in several other movies as well. Uh, if you remember, she was in Action Jackson with Carl Weathers. Mm-hmm. Well, she was a singer for real, too. Oh yeah, she not. She was a singer for real. She had some yeah. music out there. She's got a couple of songs on the soundtrack, I do believe, as well. Yep. And speaking of which, you know, soundtrack really was not that bad. I mean, if you like, you know, that kind of pop sound from the eighties, you got right. some pretty cool songs from the movie on the soundtrack. And I need to watch this. So, oh no, no, that was the mu- that was a music z- video. My bad. <clears throat> that must have been following. I was just going to say she was Sydney Ash. In Action Jackson, and then she was Sydney Ash in the Pointer Sister. He turned me out. I thought it was a movie, but that's a music video, so it must have been the same thing. Okay. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I take it you're looking at her stuff right now, so correct me if yeah. I'm wrong. Did she not pass away recently? Oh, um, I don't have that information pulled up. I'm thinking uh, she did. Let's see. Vanity. Yeah, I'm yeah, not 2016. Sure. Okay. Yeah, I just pulled her IMDb up. 1959 to 2016. It said. Wow. That's crazy. I thought and, I rem- I thought I remembered reading something about that. Right. Heck yeah. She was a good looking. She was a handsome woman for sure. Do you know what else she was into that I remember watching when I was younger? What's that? Um, 1986. Never Too Young to Die. Yeah. Had John Stamos in it, and I think Gene Simmons had a bit part in it as a bad yes, guy. Yes, I do remember that. Dude, it's been years since I saw that. Oh, I know. It's been a oh good my God. while. I remember that because I remember that was the Like, I'd only seen Uncle Jesse a few different places from Full House, so I knew whenever I saw him, I remembered. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Oh, oh, and uh, anybody who hasn't seen needs to look up him on. Is it The Little Mermaid? I think it's The Little Mermaid. But he did like a stage production, maybe in Disney World, maybe on Broadway. I don't know. But it was Little Mermaid. And he was the chef, man, singing the Le Poisson, Le Poisson. <laughs> and it was amazing. If I didn't know it was John Stamos, it would have took, I don't know if I would have recognized him. Man. So you mentioned she was a singer earlier. Uh, she was, uh, says right here, she was a part of a glamorous Canadian model and well uh, let me rephrase it she was a glamorous canadian model and lead singer of the all-girl group vanity, vanity six. six yeah yes born in canada born denise Catherine matthews mm-hmm. so yeah she's got a few things listed on here uh terror train klondike fever tanya's island last dragon never too young to die 52 cart i'm sorry 52 pickup. I see 52 pickup. I automatically think of 52 card pickup. Yeah, he's about to throw the card in there with it. Oh, my God. For those of you who might not know what that means, I, I know we do have sometimes some younger people listen to the show. Uh, I can remember being young and looking for something to do. When you're bugging the parents for something to do, I'm bored. I want something to do. Can I go outside? And you know, They won't let you go outside or anything at the point. Yeah. It, it's raining or maybe it's too cold or something they say you, you want to play a game i'm like what kind of game you want to play a card game sure i'm thinking we're going to play some rummy or some uno or throw it on the floor they're like, let's play 52 card pickup and i'm like what's 52 card pickup oh oh i did it right then right you done messed up then but they right. just bend them between their fingers and let them fly up in the air everywhere and they go all across the floor in the room they're like 52 cards on the ground pick them up Heck yeah. You kind of learn not to tell your parents you're bored after a while, right? Ooh. There we go. Travis's <laughs> studio is falling apart, it sounds like. Falling apart. That's my ADD over here playing with stuff, and then I drop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Uh, the bad guy of the movie, Eddie Arcadian, mm-hmm. played by Christopher Murney. Mm-hmm. Do you recall seeing him in much of anything else? Mm, nothing but maximum overdrive was he in maximum overdrive what did he play in that he was uh camp Loman. i can't i really do not remember him i think he was the salesman in the blue coat overcoat with the uh hat on yeah, oh. like, or like the derby with the blue coat okay yeah i think talk about being a long while since seeing a movie maximum overdrive yeah that's a good oldie right there it is, but I mean, I really it didn't, did not make our, it. it didn't quite make our top 10 of our horror movies, but it was a good one. No, but I think it was an honorable mention, wasn't it? It may have been, yeah. Yeah, he's been Last Dragon. He's been in some TV stuff like Miami Vice, Found Money, uh, Another World, MASH, Kojak, uh, Equalizer. But then we get further up here, and let's see if he's got any movies to show. He's got a few. I mean, even into the 2000s, he did some things, it looks like. Yeah. After The Last Dragon is when Maximum Overdrive came and something called Where Are the Children. Then you get some TV stuff, and looks like it skips ahead 99 and 2000. I don't know what he did between that time frame, but he just that's why I said he didn't really strike me as somebody that's been in a lot of stuff. I don't remember him from a ton of things. Right. I don't Definitely know. didn't remember him from Maximum Overdrive. Glad you did. 
So let's before we go very much further with the characters in it, uh, the people who started. I want to just say just just to spring one thing up. This, this one person, Faith Prince. Mm-hmm. She played uh, Angela Varaco. That she was the girl that Eddie Arcadian was trying to push, right? Uh huh. So, um, and before we go any further with that, let's go ahead and give a little basis for the movie here, so people don't get too lost in what we're doing. Um, oh, let me do it. Let me check it out. Check it out. Check it out. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this right here. This will be fun. What? <laughs> <clears throat> He's a martial artist master who refuses to fight. He's a Bruce Lee fan who's so sure he's Oriental that he eats popcorn with chopsticks. His friends thinks he's too serious. His family thinks he's crazy. His enemies think he's no challenge. But she knows he's the last dragon. Next was she was calling him the master. You had it so good until you got to the last of it. She was calling him a master. Yeah, but that was an actual tagline from the movie. Oh, was it really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I just read it. Did you really? Yeah, that was what I was doing. I was practicing <laughs> for being in the booth. <laughs> so what you're saying is, yeah. is that he is the master. The master. That wasn't too close to Autobots roll out, was it? <laughs> <laughs> not, not quite that close, no. But you know, okay. you were, you were, you were almost there. Yeah, it was so basically coming this summer to a theater near you. So basically, <laughs> so basically, Time Mac, like he said, plays the role of this guy, um, Leroy Green. Leroy around Green. the neighborhood, around the neighborhood, people call him Bruce Leroy. So right, if you're he's actually all crazy with the martial arts, right? So walking if you're actually around, looking what, what is it, New York, Chicago, or whatever, it, but it's somewhere a, in New York. It's black in New York. dude walking around in a in a karate gi with a straw hat on, like Raiden. <laughs> right. Right, out to the streets of, of, of New York and everything. Like, he's not going to get picked on in any way, right? No, not at all. Um, and if you're able to see the video eventually of this, you'll see you know, under our names here, we got uh, myself, I got Bruce Leroy down there. That's what the name Bruce Leroy comes from, is that. And uh, yes. Travis and he's has got the glow. the glow. The glow. Yeah, so he's looking. Only then will he find that he is the master. The best of the best. But that Absolutely. being said, all right, so so he is somebody who studies martial arts. He is looking, He's he's been sent on this quest by his teacher that he has called his master all this time, mm-hmm. who he has now you know, completed his circle of training with this guy, and he doesn't fully understand that he is now a master of his his art, okay, of the, the, the stuff that he's taking, I don't know if it's Taekwondo, Karate, whatever it is. But his teacher sees that he needs something, to give him purpose. So he sends him on a quest to take this medallion he gives him to the guy called um Sumdum Goy, I believe is what he calls it. Yes, you are correct. Sumdum right. Goy. Sumdum Goy. So this this is how the movie starts out. He's on he's on his mission, <laughs> right? On his quest. So it, it revolves around this and the fact that this bad guy the movie called Shonuff is back in the area. All right. He he's is the leader of the Shogun's gang. But yeah, he well, he said he is he is the Shogun. He says, yeah. Um, Faith Prince that plays Angela Varaco. All right, uh-huh. so uh, Leroy's on his little thing, right? His 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 mission. Uh, his brother has the hots for Laura Charles, who is the lady who is over the Seventh Heaven show, which is like we said, Soul Train or American Bandstand. He mm-hmm. ends up actually saving her. Leroy does from being abducted at one point, and then he has to rescue her from Eddie Arcadian himself. 
at his hotel room where he is staying at and or his penthouse, whatever it is. And um, so he ends up kind of falling for it, too. But the lady that Eddie Arcadian is trying to push is so outlandishly cheesy and stupid. When she you first is, when you're first introduced to her, Travis, do you remember this? When you're first introduced to her, what is she wearing? Oh, was it the thing? Are you talking about? I don't remember what. At no, no, the no, no. First... That's the video. That's the video oh, okay, you're thinking. Video. I know where you're I going with that. Thinking about the bra. No, that's the video. I don't remember, video. but I know she was a straight. Uh, she was her character's look and actions were. It says uh, by production, um, it was straight up inspired <laughs> to be a take on Cindy Lauper. Right, right. But when she when first worse. see her, what you're, the way she's introduced to you is that she is wearing this blue, what looks like, oh, all right, for lack of a better term, she's rainbow bright. Okay. Right. She's got this outfit on, not quite every color of the rainbow, but she's got some blue, she's got some red and yellow on it, and, my, and a little green maybe, and I swear, it looks like something the cartoon character Rainbow Bright would have on. That's hilarious. So if you don't know who Rainbow Bright is, Google it, you'll find out. You'll see what I'm talking about. Um, and her music is just not good. Uh, the video that Laura Charles is forced to watch has the girl in this really stupid outlandish video, and she's got these the bra on that is headlights. <laughs> It's what they yeah. are, literally headlights for her bra. <laughs> yeah, I love the, the the one that where it got super cheesy for me was when he was uh when he was saving the girl out front. Uh huh. Like when she came out and and they had the limo or whatever. When Laura would come out with Vanity, who played Laura, right? And um, I don't remember was it Eddie or not that was trying to get her in the limo. It was his henchman or something. It's his henchman. He sent somebody else to um, drive the car because she says, how you doing tonight, Sal? He's like, Sal's on vacation. Yeah, yeah. But when the when they were fighting outside of the car, man, that was like, oh, my God. And he was doing like the – so he's a Bruce Lee fan, though. So, I mean, it yes. makes sense. But at the same time, it was so terrible. They would do the, yeah, ah, making, <laughs> woo, making the noises and trying to do <laughs> yes. the little dances and stuff. And when he – like <laughs> – he shoved the guy through the window, but the window was down. So, like, he just like it's like, like going to hurt him, right? The window to hold him there or yeah. something. Do you remember when he when when he when he runs around the front of the car to take on the last guy who's holding her? Well, he's mm -hmm. like, he's got her around the neck, and he but when he runs around, uh, he he actually runs around the car like somebody from one of the old Bruce Lee type <laughs> yeah. movies. It's yeah. like quick little pitter patter steps. Around yeah, in the front. Like all of his little, all of his movements were were mimicking that. Yes, yes, it's crazy. So, the, 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 so to go to the other part you mentioned earlier, they're in a theater. He is literally in the theater eating popcorn with chopsticks. Right. That is that is that is what he's doing. And wearing a silly and, little hat. Yes, and his hat is still on. Now, can you imagine being in a theater and you got some idiot in front of you? It's got a three foot. A hat around his head. It's got like a circumference of three foot around. I mean, it's like a mini pearl hat, like on steroids. Right. It's crazy. And I know I'm saying things, you know, younger people don't get look up mini pearls. All I can tell you. <laughs> Only difference is he didn't have a tag on his hat, but I mean, it would be blocking people's vision behind him for sure. But all right. And this is another part of the cheesiness. Okay. In the theater when it, before show enough gets there. Okay. You're seeing a part of the movie. It's Enter the Dragon they're watching. 
right? Mm -hmm. Bruce Lee. There's a guy in the theater who mimics something from the movie where Bruce Lee is jumping up and coming down on top of a person. And what the guy in the theater is doing is he's jumping up and coming down on top of somebody's boom box because suddenly, apparently, in 1984, 85, when this movie came out, I guess apparently the way it worked in Harlem was that suddenly a boom box would be put out in a theater and kids are breakdancing up there in the aisleway. Oh, yeah. I'm in sure the 80s, that never really all happened. about the B-Boys now. I'm sure that didn't really happen at the theater, but this is it how... Might have, it might have been that Turbo and Switch had just left. <laughs> Turbo and Turbo and Ozone, you mean? Turbo and Ozone, Turbo and Switch. Switch. Who's Switch? Switch might not even been there. I thought Switch was from the Matrix. I mean, t- I mean, Ozone might not have been there. Well, you never know, I guess, right? Switch might have been in the Matrix. He might have been dancing too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look, look. There's a dancer out here named Switch. I guarantee it. We got Fiction right is. now. We got the. What about Fiction? His name's Sean. Sean. Uh-huh. Yeah. But his but his dance name is Fick Shun instead of Shun. <laughs> I, I, I little play on words you did there. I get that. But do you did you when you were that age did you carry around your That's little a, person yeah. piece of cardboard that you folded up and everything? Yeah, no, nah, I didn't do that. So I was more into wrestling at that age. So I was like the Rock and Roll Express. I had different color bandanas tied up now my knees and on my arms <laughs> with the ripped up jeans. All right, then. <laughs> Oh, rocking my Jordache and my Ruse, ready to go. I like you, look, yeah, I like you I a little bit better now that I know that. Splattered paint all over them. I yeah. took my dad's safety glasses, uh, cutting torch glasses, and splattered paint all over them like the Macho Man. Uh huh. See, so, I like yeah, you a whole rolling, lot better we now. Like Knowing that you you was <laughs> imitating the wrestlers and not trying to be one of the break dancers. That's good because yeah, yeah, I was know. too busy daggum wrestling. Yeah, I didn't want to dance. I, I want to be a fighter. Yeah, that was before we knew it was fake. You know what I mean? Wrestling was real back then, buddy. Better believe it was. (laughs) Or hit somebody over the head with a steel chair, have a super kick party on some people. Anyway, uh, speaking of super kicks, see what I did there? Kick. I like that. Karate, Last Dragon, coming back around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. Throw a couple more names out there. We we talked about Ernie Reyes Jr. being there. He's a small kid at the time. At this time right. frame, and people may remember him also from then, from the Disney movie Last Electric Dragon. No, Last Electric Night. There you go. Sorry, had that wrong. And uh, Last Electric Night was a was a was a pretty fun movie. It also spun off a TV series called Sidekicks. Yep. With uh, Gil Gerard, that was also in the Last Electric Night with him, and Gil Gerard played the uh, Buck Rogers on television. Mm-hmm. For those that don't remember. Um, the bad guy, uh, the other I'm, bad guy of the movie. Yeah, Julius, Julius Carey. Yes, sir. Uh, not a martial Ooh, artist. Apparently, by any means. passed in two thousand and eight. Yes, and actually, it's uh, Julius J. Carey the third. Uh, once again, not a martial artist, but portrayed that role of the martial arts master who is in control of what Leroy is looking for—the glow. Well, I'll tell you what I remember him from, aside from Shownuff. And that's what I'm trying. Me, that's what I'm trying to figure out right now. Where have I seen him? Well, it took me. It took me a full season into this show, and I used to watch the crap out of the show. It took me a full season to realize it was Shownuff. He was Lord Baller in Briscoe County Junior. 
the cowboy that like Briscoe's best friend. Okay. Yeah, he was Briscoe's best friend in, in Briscoe County Junior. All right. And Briscoe County Junior, for those of y'all that don't know, is one of uh he's nerd royalty. That's Bruce, Mr. Bruce Campbell himself, uh, in like a comedic western thing. So that's Ash of of uh Army of the Dead and Evil Dead fame, you know. Right. And uh, Burn Notice too. He was in Burn Notice as well. But uh but anyway, yeah, that's where I remember Julius Carey from. You know, apparently he's been in a ton of TV shows too. He's I don't know if he was more of a movie actor as opposed to just a just your everyday working actor. Right. He's, he's been in a ton of TV series. Little small oh yeah, yeah. I can remember seeing him. What so once I once I recognized him on, on Briscoe County, I could remember seeing him like in here and there, you know what I'm saying? Like I remember I think maybe on Family Matters one time and uh maybe Murphy Brown. I watched that with my mom a little bit. And I mean, that's just when I noticed him, I'd see him. Yeah, or I, when I noticed him, I'd, I would recognize him, I'm trying to say. Lord have mercy. Oh, man, he's been in the Jeffersons. He's been on 227. He's been on uh, Cosby Show, Different World. Been in, yeah, he was uh, the coach in The New Guy, too. Another hilarious movie, if you hadn't ever seen that one. The New Guy, yeah. It's got the little... Little scrawny kid, uh, yeah, also played in the core DJ Qualls, yeah, that's his name. I remember that. Yeah, I didn't know he he's was funny as I'll get out. See, he's been in, he's been in a lot of movies. He's like a sidekick kind of guy, but he is hilarious. So he was, uh, he was DJ Qualls in Hustle and Flow or Shelby or whatever it was. I don't know, but he was in Hustle and Flow and uh road trip was hilarious i mean he road trip kind of stuff. yes road trip was very funny road trip then oh he played God. that he played that character in the core he was a hacker called the rat yep 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 but yeah, let me tell you yeah. what throws me off with julius carey though it's the hair that they the you know that obviously it's not his hair in the movie they get a wig or something on him yeah that's why you don't recognize he doesn't look anything like that in anything else he's in right and it, it just throws me off I'm so used to seeing him like that. And it's so crazy. Every time he walks in, they have to announce him, right? Right. It's like he, what's he say when he come in the room? Am I the prettiest? Yeah. Am show I enough? the baddest? Show enough? No, he's like, am I the meanest? Am I the prettiest? And then he goes, am I the baddest mofo show? Mofo yeah. for show around this the town, or something like show. that. It's crazy. I can't even get it out now. My baddest mofo for show, show enough. And all these people are like, show enough. If you get a That's chance, it. you really got to watch the movie. Is all That's I can it. really say. It's, it's, it's the goons. It says, "Am I the meanest? Show enough. Am I the prettiest? Is it? Am I the baddest mofo low down around this town? That's it. Show enough. Well, who am I? Show enough." <laughs> The yeah. Shogun of Harlem. But yeah, the um, basically the movie builds its way up to Shonuff trying to get to Leroy. Leroy trying to find you know his mission with the glow and trying to find the master. Come to find out the master, some of them go away, he's not real. His teacher sent him on a wild goose chase and showed him the medallion he gave him was really just a belt buckle. You know, right. uh, he's like, you know, he's trying to explain to him, you know, it's, it, you know, in his head, you know, you, that he really is a master at this level and he is a bad guy. You know, he can fight. He's got the moves, yeah. but until he, I guess, faces 
shown up. He doesn't really believe it. Re- believe in himself enough and realize who and what he is. Because well, that's he still didn't get it. He still didn't get it. I think because when I, it was so funny when I rewatched it. Oh, just by the way, one more name drop. We just can't miss her. Uh, Keisha Knight Pulliam was in this movie yes. right before she started starring as Rudy Huxtable. Right. She played the the, the baby sister to Leroy yeah. and his brother, uh, which was I've lost his brother's name. So, but what's funny to me though, it was so funny because when I was watching it in that in that part. Um, when his master put the medallion back together and he said, you still don't get it. And he said, you've looked everywhere except for what was it? Now he didn't tell him except for inside. He's, Oh, he said is you've looked everywhere except for one place. And he tapped on his forehead. Yeah. He's tapping and on he it. Said, he still doesn't he get said, it. There you'll find the master. And it's so funny because <laughs> kung fu panda man i just like related it straight to like immediately i was like oh that's where kung fu panda got it from okay because <laughs> it was like when his dad was telling him the, the secret ingredient to the new doll. remember he yes. was like you want to know what the secret ingredient is there is no secret ingredient you just tell people there is <laughs> <laughs> so it was that's that's what the whole thing was you looked everywhere except for inside yourself so when he was when he kept holding his head underwater drowning him or whatever he kept having them flashes of it and i love it too i don't know if it was a i, I think the movie mistake is the 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 cuts the scenes were how they cut it together but i love that he was so beat up and banged up and when that last time when he came out and shown up was like who's the master and he's like i am <laughs> but he right. was like all the blood and beat up and this was like gone he still had it on the side over here but like it was all washed off but the right. good was was when it flashed back and forth to different camera camera angles you could still see it all like the blood up and down his face classic hollywood you know boo-boos i guess we'll say right right but it was supposed to represent when he came up all clean i don't think it was supposed to represent the blood getting washed off because he pulled him up like three or four times and he was still all beat up and bloody i think it was the fact that like Okay, we just got the glow. Now we all like he ate a sensu bean, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like Krillin gave him a sensu bean or something. Oh man! All right, so let's go over some of the supporting characters here real quick. You got uh, Leo O'Brien, which played his brother Richie, which mm-hmm. I do believe he has passed away too, if I read correctly. One time, uh, oh. he got in the hospital over something, I think. And before, uh, before I just say that and leave, I'll I'll confirm it, but. but yeah, right, right. 1970 to 2012. He passed away in 2012. I forget what it was, but he was also in uh, the movie New Jack City and something called Rapping in 1985 as well. Okay. Um, so he didn't do a whole lot, but um, yeah, something he was in the hospital for something that was getting him and didn't make it through it. Uh, you have um, the mom and dad. You got Jim Moody and. Uh, Esther Morrow played uh, Daddy and Mama Green are listed on here. Running the pizza place. What was it? Directed your pizza to Daddy Green's Pizza? Yeah, and what's so funny, too, is a slice a day keeps the doctor away. The doctor was spelled D-O-C-T-E-R. Yeah. On the sign. <laughs> <laughs> doctor. Uh, Glenn doctor Eaton. Away. Glenn Eaton played Johnny Yu. Um, I remember watching something a little while back. There was a at like a convention type thing and they had glenn eaton they had ernie reyes jr they had time act and uh one other person and i forget who it was now 
but at least those three for sure. They were talking about doing different things in the movies. And Glenn Eaton apparently is not a big karate guy. Right. But he had to learn to do those nunchucks like he did in the movie. And he, could, he, he, was, <laughs> yeah. doing, he was doing them really well there for a minute. Yeah. And uh, they, someone asked him from the audience, could he, could he still do it? So the others were, you know, goading him on, like, come on, show us you can do it. Show us you can do it. You're the man. Come on. You got this. <laughs> show us the art of fighting without knowing how to fight. Speeches. <laughs> um, and you already mentioned Keisha Knight Pulliam. Uh, there's no one else really to bring up, except for, I, I guess, you know, Eddie Arcadian's henchman, Mike Starr, that played Rock. I'd definitely bring him up because that was yeah. Frenchie and Goodfellas, man. It sure was. Yeah, look at that. Got, he was Tony in the bodyguard. Like, there's he's done a lot, a lot of stuff. Like, you've seen him in tons and tons of, of bit movies. I'll tell you where movies. else I remember him from. Where's that on Deadly Ground? Steven Seagal, he's the roughneck yep. in the bar picking a fight with the with, with, with the Eskimo guy. Yep, yep, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I remembered him immediately as Frenchie. Cause that's where I know him. Like I know, I know he's one of them that you know you see everywhere. Dumb and Dumber. He, yep. The henchman in the Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. See, he he usually plays as some kind of. He usually that's what he's usually doing. Some kind of hitman or some kind of uh, henchman or, you know, little bad guy or or side part or something like that. You know. But I remember that this is like it's like um it's like Thorgrim. I can't remember his name, but the guy that's in like everybody's action movies back then the guy that played mm -hmm. thorgrim on in conan yeah and uh we just talked about him he was the he was the security guard that walked away on running man right Sven, Sven, Sven something. something yeah yeah but this guy's like him it's like i remember him from this particular moot thing but then i i recognize him and all kind of stuff because he has been in like he's had bit parts like non-stop in tons and tons and tons of stuff he was in uh, Snake Eyes. That's a great one too. That's a one, that's a good one. I don't think about a lot. Uh, Nick Cage is Snake Eyes. I'll tell you where else I've seen him recently. Yeah, in a television series East New York. Oh, he's a retired cop that was uh, accused of doing something as a well. Basically, he was a dirty cop. When it come down to, he he killed his ex partner to uh, hide some stuff. Spoiler alert, by the way. Spoiler alert for those of you who <laughs> haven't watched it and want to go watch it. It is right. a fairly new show, so. Anything about this movie though that stands out to you that you that was your favorite scene that you liked about it, or is there anything that just stands out to you that you that said that's that's the most memorable? Oh yeah, the the end. I mean, a hundred percent the the glow. Like when I if if we're talking about when I was a kid and stuff, yeah, that was totally it. You know, when he got the glow at the end of it, and yeah. as an adult watching it again over the weekend for this uh, just the i think uh, not to go too far into things we don't really try we kind of try to stay away from on the show but the difference in the way um today's society views things because this movie was made straight up with with 70s black exploitation films in mind which isn't a bad word it just describes the type of movies they were Right. Um, and nowadays people would treat something like that as a bad word. And uh, they would probably treat a movie like this as if it was, you know what I mean? That would, I would see them if they went back, they would treat a lot of those movies like, like it was offensive or something. Cause it's showing this stereotype or whatever, but with the cheese and, and all that. And then 
man, yeah, I think this is, I don't know. I don't know how to say it, man. This is like, everybody knows this movie because like, you know what I mean? The, the black folks and the white folks too, just like remember Bruce Leroy, like Bruce, Bruce Leroy, like he's the man, like, you right. know what I'm saying? It's like, so I think, like that, you I said. think that's pretty cool about it. But it is like you said, some people would take today, some people might take offense to it in some way with the fact they refer to him as Bruce Leroy. Right. Because they're and like, you know, what's that supposed to mean? Why why's it gotta be Leroy? A hundred percent. And that's one of the things too. I said I was we were talking earlier, that I told you I was gonna say for the show. I actually I think my I do know what my favorite thing about this movie is, especially today. My favorite thing about this movie is go get it and then <laughs> I don't know about anywhere else, but if you get it on Amazon watch the subtitle watch it with the subtitles on it is hilarious because every cuss word every n-word every single word on there is replaced with either sucker <laughs> but instead of ass it like it's like everything it, it's so funny if i told you this movie had a budget estimated of 10 million dollars to make how That's- much would you tell me that it grossed worldwide. That's wild. Half that. Half that. Yeah, because I know that was a flop. That would make it a flop at the theater, right? For sure. Yeah, and it's and that's one of the things about this movie. It's known for being a flop that became a cult classic. Are you ready? Yeah. It made twenty five million seven hundred fifty four thousand two hundred eighty four dollars worldwide. Really? So Dang. it doubled the budget. It, it it made two and a half times the budget. So how's it considered a flop then? <sighs> I wouldn't consider that a flop. Maybe it's not considered... a flop. Maybe it's just a critical failure. All right. So opening weekend U.S. and Canada, five million two hundred fifty-four thousand. Yeah. Maybe they're looking at the opening weekends here or just here in the states what it made, but grossing worldwide, it grossed five times that amount basically. Yeah. So um, I don't know that um, if it was really a flop, but you are correct when you say it took on a life of its own when it hit VHS, just like some of our other movies we brought up time and time again before. Some of these mm-hmm. 80s movies that are considered some of the 80s greats, they took off once they hit VHS and took a life of their own and became yeah, absolutely. Because something I that just people just remember. Yeah, because with this coming out in 85, like me knowing about it, I was five years old. I wouldn't probably have, I don't remember knowing this movie was coming to the, I don't remember knowing anything was coming to the movies except for like the first movie I remember that was coming to the movies that I got excited about seeing aside from, I didn't even know they were coming. We, my grandma just take us to the Disney movies, but the Dagum, uh Masters of the Universe, that's the first like going to the movies movie that I remember I knew it was out in the movies. I knew I wanted to go see it. And, you know, so all this, all, all this stuff, I didn't know anything about it. It was usually me being at, being at somebody's house or being at a biker party or something. And all the kids go inside or something like that and get to watch all the VHS tapes. Hey, I, I was 12 years old when it came out. I did not see it at the theater. I saw it on VHS and my cousin that I grew up around that we're still, you know, really close today and everything. We rented this movie almost every weekend for the longest time and watched it like every we wore this tape out <laughs> that's hilarious that's awesome um yeah it, it was it was great there was there was a, a few movies at that time that we would always just re-rent over and over again and get just get the same thing the first movie i can remember seeing at the theater that i had the the, the memory of at least was a movie 
based on uh, the six million dollar man, mm-hmm. the bionic man. Uh, it was where they had somebody had created a, I guess, a robotic version of a Bigfoot, and he had to fight this, you know, robotic Bigfoot. Andre the Giant played the Bigfoot. Oh, nice. If, if you haven't seen this or anything, you should look this up. Uh, I don't know the actual title, but if you just look up the Bionic Man versus Bigfoot or Six Million Dollar Man versus Bigfoot or just search Six Million Dollar Man in general on Google and look at the history of the show and you know, the little movies they had of them and everything and you'll see. But that's the first one I remember watching. And I couldn't say Bionic at the time. I, I would say Bionic. 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 My mom would tell everybody the story. She would not hesitate to put me out there in front of everybody. Oh, it was just so cute. The little the guy behind us asking, what would you do if that Bigfoot come after you? And you were like, I'm not scared to know him. I put on my Bionic shoes and I jump over him and I run. Put on my Bionic shoes. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. So um, the, the first movie, so it's going to be a toss-up between, I don't know which one came out first because they came out the exact same year. The first movie that I ever went to see is either, and I was seven years old, it was either Batteries Not Included or Masters of the Universe because they both came out in 1987. And I don't know which one I saw first. Both good movies for that year. If you were were a kid, I mean, good movies was, it would have been, it would have been Masters of the Universe because Batteries Not Included came out on December the 18th. And my dad took me to see Masters of the Universe for my birthday because it came out on 807. So it came out the day after my birthday. Awesome. This movie. So Masters of the Universe. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that, Chris. You just took me down memory lane. Masters of the Universe is the very first movie I ever saw in a movie theater. And for those of you who might want to look this movie up later, keep in mind, it's not just referred to as The Last Dragon. The movie title is actually called Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon because Barry Gordy's the one that produced the movie. Mm-hmm. and had it put out there is a little review on in here i'm looking at uh, it kind of reminds me of what you were talking about a while ago in some sense with some of the things but it's like this movie is like a guilty pleasure nobody really talks about and we've talked about guilty pleasure movies before then i told you this is one of my guilty pleasure movies for sure i can't see it being a guilty pleasure though because i'd never be ashamed of watching this movie and i don't know well, anybody that would People call it, I mean, to me, I'm not ashamed for watching either, but people refer to it as a guilty pleasure type movie, though, because of how cheesy it is with the the use of the martial arts in it. And it's not like a traditional martial arts movie. Uh, and they're so, and, and he kind of. School. It does harken back to those, though, like the uh, 76 Chambers of Wu Tang, and you know what I mean? Like the 76. See, that's what I'm saying, and, though. It, it's 1985, right? And he is making himself out to be like a Bruce Lee type era. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they even refer to him in the movie as the Wassa, you know, legendary <laughs> Bruce Leroy that right. catches bullets with his teeth. Keep yeah. in mind, at the end of the movie, you want to remember that when showing up in the theater confronting him, be like, catches bullets with his teeth. And then he goes so into the movie. You'll 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 appreciate this. You know, watch out for it if you watch it. Wait till the end of the movie, and you remember that theater scene, right? But it says every time it comes up in a crowd, within seconds, people are using classic lines from it, like "Who's the master?" and "Hey, my man, what it look like?" Hey, my man, because that's what, what he did like? because he didn't know how to talk, like in what Richie, his brother, was referring to, like his jive or something. 
he didn't know how to speak that way. It's like he talked all all proper like like he is from my master would not appreciate if I spoke in terms such as that. I can't be like that. No. Yeah, it's and his brother it is, is so silly. And his brother is throwing these things that like, you know, you gotta you gotta you gotta be cool. You gotta talk like this. So he's like, you gotta you gotta be able to rap. So at one point he's making him carry his his brother's making him carry him on his shoulders, right? He says, You gotta carry me all the way down to the studio on your shoulders and you gotta rap. And the whole time he's like, Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh what it what it look like, uh <laughs> What it be? Uh hey my man, what it look like? And he just keeps repeating these so he's trying to get the right tone for it, it seems like. <laughs> he just can't nail it. But it's humorous to listen to him try to do it. Right. So yeah, people it's... would see stuff like that though, and they'd be like, you know, I don't know. And it says here that um of course the person doing the review said it was his favorite movie as a teenager. He's probably seen it a hundred times. I did not write this, I promise, but I've probably seen it a hundred times too. From the hilarious over-the-top performances, which I was just talking about, to the hybrid karate slash comedy slash musical genre, it's a movie that kept him laughing the whole way through. So heck yeah. So uh so uh Leo Brian, the younger brother of Guy O'Brien is actually Master Gee from the pioneering rap group Sugar Hill Gang too. But what was funny to me too is is like he was so much into Bruce Lee like he was <laughs> he wore the, he was wearing the yellow jumpsuit with the black stripe like he wore in Game of Death and all that. Yes. They're like in in his studio, but no, that's what I'm saying when when Buster Rhymes dresses up like you in his video and like does your <laughs> monologue that's yeah. that's you know what that's a guilty pleasure i remember in that movie me and my crew so dangerous we so dangerous like in the beginning <laughs> he comes out dressed up like showing sure up he's like yo leroy am i not the baddest and like he does the whole speech in the video but uh oh we had we had mentioned earlier too that um didn't know what form of uh kung fu that leroy was doing but leroy teaches chinese goju Created by Timex instructor and close friend Ron Van Cleef, Timex also or Timex also trained in Jeet Kune Do and continued after filming. Cool. Yeah. So we got and Ron Van Cleef is uh, known as the Black Dragon, folks. Like straight right. up, he's 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 real deal too, man. He's fine. He's my size. I'm not, okay. I might be a little heavier. He's my height. <laughs> So 5'10 at 190, he won 10 New York State full contact karate and champion karate championships. And in the early 70s, he was a 10th degree black belt. That's very impressive. Yeah. So like uh he was two bad. people auditioned for the role of Leroy, and one of those two people also auditioned for the role of showing up. Denzel yeah. Washington actually auditioned for both Leroy and Show Enough and Lawrence Fishburne lobbied heavily to be Leroy Green. He really wanted that role. You know who else did? Who? Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Yeah, well, he, yeah. he would have been a good fit for it, I think. He would have, too. I, I just want to go back to Ron the Black Dragon Van Cleef real quick one time, too, though. I remember when this happened in the UFC, he went up against Royce Gracie at 51 years old. Wow. He lost, but... <laughs> <laughs> 
Royce choked but him he out. Did it. But I mean, still, like at fifty-one, you know what I mean. And and uh, at the age of seven-two, he recently won silver medal in a BG uh, BJ Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu BJJ tournament. So like, Ron Van Cleef was a BA man. I and thought that was pretty cool. Vanity was the only person, the only choice, the first and only choice to play Laura Charles. Oh, I wow. guess they had they had her specifically in mind for that. I mentioned the soundtrack earlier being a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, Motown Records released the original soundtrack for the album for the film, and it features some of popular artists, including Vanity, Stevie Wonder, Rockwell, Elder Barge, The Temptations, uh, Sarita, and Smokey Robinson. Oh. Uh, I'm not sure who sings the song itself. The Glow and the other one was The Last Dragon. They're in the movie. You hear them playing in the background during the movie itself. But Right, right. I got one more name for uh, one of the people that was considered for Leroy Green. Who is that? Mario Van Peebles. I, oh, think he I, I can't see that one. He, they look a little bit alike. Why not? I like Mario. I don't, I don't because he, I, Mario Van Beebles can't really fight, though. You want someone that can do the role that can fight. That's why I said Wesley Snipes Yeah, uh, would have been good because of the fighting and everything. I think he could have pulled it off. I think you could have trained Denzel enough to pick up on it enough to be able to do it. Probably Lawrence yeah. Fishburne too, because Lawrence Fishburne had that bit, you know, obviously is. Uh, but my guy Morpheus. didn't know any either, though. Neither, uh, Julius, he didn't. Know right, but it shows, him. though. It shows. I mean, when he That's fights true. Leroy at the end of it, the biggest thing he does is punching him and slapping him around. When he, I mean, so in the opening sequence of their fight, Leroy's throwing these fancy kicks at him, right, and all he's doing is ducking. Ducking, ducking. Then he starts throwing punches, and he's got one hand out there, and he's slapping the hand one way or the other. So boom, 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 boom. Okay. Then he starts backhanding him a couple of times. He doesn't do any real kicks or anything on him. He does this little mule kick. I mean, you it's like he bends point. over and does a mule kick. Yeah, yeah, you got a point. Yeah, I see. So I, I, I mean, I don't know that. It's Jim Kelly was can... also considered for showing up. Yeah, I got one more piece of did you know? Oh, what's that? Uh, in the club, Ernie Reyes Jr. was in an extended fight scene with his real life father, Ernie Reyes Sr. Yes, uh, yes. I, I I can he even tell you which one. On the big credits, anyway, being in the movie, I can even tell you which one it was too. Mm-hmm. Um, the I believe it's the the guy he does a little cartwheel flip into or something. I think his no 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 the his father is the one that sneaks up behind him on the stage. It looks like he's grabbing him by the head. Okay. And uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. does a little thing where he uh, pulls his. I think he jerks his hand off his head, hits him with a backhand and a little back kick or something. But it's funny when you watch that scene. It's like he's tipping him off. He's behind him. He right. comes up behind him instead of grabbing his hair. It looks like he, you know takes his hand and rubs across the top of his head a couple of times and then grabs his hair. It's almost like this, the, the, the signal for, here I am, let's do this. This is strange, too. One other one that I found that I'm going to have to research as to why. The UK cinema and video versions were cut by under just by just under two minutes by the BBFC to remove all footage of nunchakas. Wow. Nunchaku. Are they illegal weapons in that, in that, in that country? No, That's a strange thing to come across to me. I believe now. Do you remember the point when they're speaking of the club? They're there waiting for Leroy to get there, and they're playing that video from someone called Fire. Roxy, her name is Fire. 
Mm-hmm. So her name is Charlene. The music video was used in this movie to give her publicity and further her career. Apparently, she's supposed to be an actual singer. Uh, it did not, however, further her career, and she did not record again for 18 years. Isn't that something? Oh, uh, did it damage it? I wonder. I, don't know. I mean, there's a bunch. There's a lot of little small things in here. Uh, unknown person at the time in the movie. Everybody has those movies, right? Where they guessed. It get, they guessed it in one part of it as a small role and mm-hmm. later on it went on to become somebody big, right? Mm-hmm. William H. Macy, small role. Mm-hmm. He's one of the producers there at Seventh Heaven. He's the one talking to Laura Charles about getting the meeting with Eddie Arcady and having dinner with him. Okay. And uh, you know who William H. Macy is, right? Absolutely. I thought you did. Okay. Just making sure. I love William H. Macy, especially in Wild Hogs. Wild Hogs. There you go. <laughs> He's good in everything, it. though, and I'm gonna tell you what. And if you haven't ever watched the show Shameless, uh, Frank is just—he does that character. I mean, it is amazing. Like it, everybody in that show is amazing, quite honestly, because that feels like some real people stuff, man. That's why I think that's probably why it's so big. Like that could there's there are facets of that TV show that I have lived <laughs> to the T. Right. Well, I, if, if I had to throw something out there as far as my favorite part of it, um, obviously you you said the glow was a good part when Leroy realizes he is the master and he's you know he 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 gets the glow at that point. Mm-hmm. The actual start of the sequence where he gets to the club, mm-hmm. so he's got all these people surrounding him and he's got to fight his way through and he fights to the first crowd just fine, starts mm-hmm. a second and then the entire all his students from the school come running in. Mm-hmm. And you start seeing Johnny actually step into his own and be a martial artist. It looks like, cause he's trying that stuff or he's just giving him the look, giving him the scream. He says, you know, and he accidentally punches somebody and realizes, Oh, Hey, I can do this. And then works yeah. those nunchucks. Like he does, you know, he kind of does a little cartwheel into picking up the nunchucks as he's on the way back up and starts, you know, working the nunchucks around. It was really, it was, it was, at, at that age when I was watching it, 12, 13 years old, that was really cool. I thought Heck so yeah. overall, if you were going to out of 10, we're talking eighties movies here out of 10, what would you give this? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Um, so, so we're not basing it on acting ability technically because we know a lot of these eighties movies are cheesy. We understand this, but from an entertainment factor an entertainment aspect of it, where would you put this? For pure entertainment for me, um, honestly, what holds it back is too much story. Uh, The cutaways for, um, you know, the producers building the stuff up and the bad guys, that really really takes away from it for me. So it would be a solid eight if it, and I'm only putting it, I'm putting it at an eight because it is so joyful for me to watch those parts. But I can honestly like just fast forward through half of this movie and hit those highlights for it to be mm-hmm. an eight. So I'm gonna have to round it down to a six, man. Just because, just they they almost ruined it with the. Uh, no, I'm gonna go with seven. I'm gonna meet it in the middle and hit a seven, seven, solid seven. Seven. All right, that, that, that's that's where I was headed with it myself. Was a seven. Uh, I thought about a seven point five for a second, but I'm like, what earned the extra half point? And looking at it, like you said, you could really fast forward through a lot of it and get the gist of it just fine. Nothing there really earns an extra half point in my eyes. So the seven was in my mind the whole time, seven out of 10. 
for the pure joy of it, of just the nostalgia of that type of movie at that time frame, the enjoyment it brought me over all the years. Uh, it is a karate flick. I always loved the karate flicks growing up. Uh, so definitely a 7 out of 10 for me as well. Heck yeah. So, Well, we're at that time, Travis. We're at that time. It's about a, time to wrap this show up. Uh, but before we go, we want to make sure we let everybody know if you are a first-time listener to the show, make sure you follow us at... Where are we at, Travis? Well, you can find us at RetroLifeForYou.com for one. That's RetroLife, the number four, Y-O-U. Uh, no, no, no. You did it again. The what letter U. The letter U. Is it the letter U? www.RetroLife, the number four, the letter U.com See, is the website. See, we need to change the header then because I'm looking up at, I'm looking right at RetroLife for you on our banner right here. That's why I did that. Well, see, this is why it's confusing to people. I'll take a moment and explain this real quick. RetroLife, number four, Y-O-U, is the name of the podcast, okay? When you search us on a podcast at iTunes or Spotify or Amazon or iHeartRadio, wherever you can find us on the, when you get your Wherever you get your uh, podcast at, it's Retro Life, the number four, Y-O-U. The website, however, um, it was Retro Life, the number four, the letter U, dot com. You do and this that was That's that why they was, can't find us. That is not why they can't why? find us. I couldn't find it because I was looking at the banner reading it. He he can't find us, but I say this every week, so every he does not listen to me. Every week, and we've been doing this for... A, about a, almost a year and he does not listen to me at all apparently nope. so you can find us on that website we have been, uh, just I'm mentioned here several times that's what he is that's right <laughs> he's the one that finishes every show with some kind of zany joke that uh probably shouldn't have been told probably um, probably and he don't and watch he won't have one for this week now i put him on the spot uh but yeah, you know, once again, RetroLife, the number four, the letter U.com is the website. You can listen to the show straight from the website, or you can choose the player of your choice if you like Spotify or iTunes, or you go straight to whatever you have on your phone you listen to it on. Just search us, RetroLife, the number four, Y-O-U, and you will pull the podcast up there as well. Uh, you can also reach us at RetroLife for you, as just like the show is, at gmail.com. Any questions or suggestions or criticisms or I want to make fun of them or whatever the case may be. Suggestion for a movie you want to hear, just drop us a line there and we'll get back with you on it. We appreciate all the interaction. All the interactions. Give us a uh, five-star rating at Spotify if you like us. And even if you don't, give it to us purely out of pity. If you're listening to us on iTunes, um, you can leave us a rating and a review on there as well. It does help the show out a lot. So we'd appreciate that. Travis, yeah, yeah. Is there anything at all that you want to leave us on with? Yeah, this week? I think if they, like if they remade this movie, that they should cast Snoop Dogg as uh, Shownuff. But I know why they would never. They you can't have Snoop Dogg in a fighting movie, or he'd always win. And that's why they didn't make him a Jedi either. Yeah, why is that? Because of Snoop Dogg, man, he'll he'll always have the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> 